And so for us, uh, we couldn't be uh, more uh, pleased and more grateful uh, for what you all are doing. Like I said, I'm I'm glad that God's called me to do what I'm doing. But if I'm betting on long-term impact, and I probably shouldn't say this in front of 5,000 people, um, I I believe in government. But I I think in terms of long-term impact, I'm betting on what you're doing. Well, that was Governor Haslam of Tennessee addressing Young Life staff in 2016. To me, that was the greatest pep talk of reminding me of the enormous importance of our job. It reminded me that there's no other thing I'd rather invest my life in. Any other job simply felt like fixing potholes, and I wanted to invest in something eternal. Well, welcome to part two of my interview with Ashley Flowers, the Associate Regional Director in the Carolinas region. In this interview, Ashley will talk about what the application process really looks like, how to have a conversation with your parents about full-time ministry, and that's a good one. And she recommends one book you need to read before going on Young Life Staff. So let's pick it up with the question of when do you apply for Young Life Staff and what does the timeline look like? So let's talk about a typical college student. So your senior year of college um, or whatever your last year of college would be. A lot of people go to college for nine years. Yeah, some do. (laughs) They're doctors. Um, No, so whatever your last year of college is, in um, November, you want to have a conversation with your area director because your area director has to recommend you to staff. We do not allow just cold call sort of applications to come. You have to be recommended by your area director. And so you'd have a conversation with your area director that says, hey, I, I would love to apply for Young Life staff. Will you, you know, help me in that process? And then um, I think that's a great time for your air director. Hopefully you've been on the same page with them ever since you started leading Young Life. Um, your air director might say, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in your heart for kids. But I think it's a not yet. I think that there's, there's a few more things we want to work on. And that's why I would really encourage people even in your freshman or sophomore year of college, if you're at all thinking you'd want to go on, on Young Life staff, that you would have that conversation with a staff person. That way all of those kind of coaching and, and grooming kind of conversations could happen. So that way by the time you get to your last year of college, that's going to be a thumbs up from them for you to come on staff. So in November you have that conversation with them. In December when you typically would go home and be with your family over Christmas, uh, I, I believe that it is respectful to have a conversation with your parents about your intentions to be in full-time ministry. They may have some fears about that that is really helpful to address. And inside of our application packet, we give um, an explanation of all of our benefits in terms of 401k, pension, our health insurance benefits, what your salary will be, all of those things that I believe is really helpful for your parents who maybe feel this sense of wanting to protect you. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were hoping you would go on and, and have a really high-paying job. I think it's helpful to be honest with them and say, this will be my salary. This will be how much I have to raise in personal support for my job. Young Life has incredible health insurance, um, has incredible 401k options, things that help you save for retirement that you might not care a ton about right now. But your parents looking at it, they're going to really respect some of the things that um, are on that piece of paper. 
And I think it will give you a better peace of mind in filling out the application if you have those conversations with your family. In January is when those applications are due. Some of it is essay questions, some of it's just simple filling out. You also fill, uh, you also record yourself uh, a video of yourself. Um, this year we had people take the Enneagram test. It's a personality assessment. Um, I think that was helpful. We'll probably do that again in the future. Um, you, you have to have a couple of recommendations. So it's a pretty um, extensive process applying for Young Life staff in the Carolinas region. In February, as long as everything checked out with the recommendation from your air director and your overall application, then we move on to a, an interview in February. And um, you are interviewed by a team of about three or four area directors. And then and that's about an hour long interview. Um, and then in um, February and March, depending on when that um, initial interview was, you'll hear back from me sharing whether or not we would like to hire you on Young Life staff. Sometimes we call that we're affirming you to staff, mainly saying we believe you're called, you've, we believe you have the right chemistry, that you've got strong character, that you're competent to do this job. Um, and then we move into a process of thinking about where we would like to place you. Um, as Young Life staff, we think of ourselves as missionaries who are being sent into the mission field. And since the Young Life Carolinas region is two states, North and South Carolina, there's a lot of geography and a lot of need and a lot of places where we could send you. And so that's also a, a neat time for you to um, think about how tight your grip is, how much control is, is wanting to rule your life, and just go, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. And in that, we are discerning in terms of how we place you. We're discerning the relationships with the other people you would have on Young Life staff. We're thinking about what the job description is. Um, everybody's coming on Young Life staff as a staff associate, which is first three years of uh, intensive training. Um, and our hope is that after three years, you would go on to become an area director um, in an area. Um, more than likely, you would move to a different area after three years. And, um, and so we're thinking about, you know, of that job description, what are we asking them to do? Are we asking them to do wildlife primarily? Are we asking them to lead at a private school? Are we asking them to be a part of a rural community, a um, more um, affluent community? You know, what are we asking them to do? And what, what do we feel like would be a place where this person would really thrive? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that looks like putting someone out of their comfort zone. So it doesn't always mean someone who comes from a rural background is going to end up in a rural location. We're really looking at who the whole person is and um, how much support we can really offer them in whatever area we place them in. So placements happen really anytime March through May. Um, that doesn't happen all at once with all of the candidates. That's sort of a, an ongoing process. Um, and then in May through the rest of the summer, you do you begin your fundraising process. And then um, typically August 1st, you are hired and you move to your new area. I don't, you've never been on property staff, but if you were to try to give any wisdom of somebody who's trying to discern if I'm called to property staff or I'm called to field staff, you know, being a staff associate, being area director, 
what wisdom do you have in trying to help someone discern that process? Both take incredible leadership um, and both take an, uh, an incredible heart to serve. Um, property staff offers a lot of structure. Um, property staff offers um, the ability to look at tasks, project manage those tasks, so that way you are ready, you're ahead of the game. Um, you also are working in the confines of a team. And so you've got to be a really strong team player. I mean, you think about how many people are on property staff. They have to work as this perfect uh, orchestra where one job impacts another. And so you've got to be um, highly skilled at working with other people. Um, you also have to think about nine months of the year is um, the grind in the sense of it's a little bit lonelier. You're not getting to see summer camp or you're not getting mm -hmm. to see a say-so every week. It is um, what they call, I believe, like midweek camping. So maybe Tuesday through Thursday, you're hosting a church group who doesn't you know, always understand Young Life and they're really just renting the property, but you've got to serve them. Um, and then maybe on the weekend, maybe it's a Young Life group or, or maybe it is um, a church group that is coming and using the property, but it's such a quick turnover and it is a lot of housekeeping no matter what your job on um, property staff is. And then in the summer, it is just a sprint. Um, and so you can see that there would be some unique personalities um, that would lend to doing property staff. Um, but I wouldn't say just because you loved being on summer staff or just because you were an intern one summer at a Young Life camp, I wouldn't say that necessarily means you're gonna love property staff. What I would do is I would call, um, I would just call any camp, maybe call five camps and say, is there somebody that I could have a 20 minute conversation with about what does it mean to be on property staff and just hear all these different perspectives and go, is that me? Does that line up with who I am? Um, and then when it comes to field staff, I think you have to um, really have a, uh, a heart for kids um, and it not just a group of four to five kids. You've gotta have a vision, not just for your kids, but for an entire area. And so maybe while you're in college, my hope is that you're not just thinking about, you know, your three to 12, you know, um, kids that you kind of cling on to and, and hang on to, but you're thinking about maybe your roommate leads at a different school and you've begun praying for that school and you're thinking about the school where there isn't Young Life yet. You know, uh, what's a school in anywhere in Columbia where there isn't Young Life currently? Rugolf Elgin. That's quite the name of a it school. Is. So have, are you somebody who just naturally thinks about that school, even if at leadership they're not putting that name of the school on there as something to pray for? Like, do you have vision for how things should run? Let's say Steve Pink and Rick Palmer and Alex Holroyd and, you know, everybody who's on Young Life staff in Columbia. Like, what if every single one of them, I fire them tomorrow, and I come to you as a volunteer leader, and I just say, I need you for the next six months to keep this thing running. You can make any changes you want, but just be thoughtful about it. When you think about that, does that excite you? Not that I fired you know, all your staff people, 
but does it excite you to get to lead something and implement change and to have vision? Do you think about, goodness, we're going to take a cabin of guys and a cabin of girls to summer camp this summer, and I'm so excited about that, but what if next summer we took two cabins of guys and two cabins of girls, what would that do to my school? Like, are you just somebody who is just so excited about what could be, mm-hmm. and then you just can't wait to implement some steps to get there? Um, it's a lot of vision. Um, we are always wanting things to grow, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we just want more and more kids to hear about Jesus. And so if that sounds exhausting, I don't, maybe neither is the yeah. right fit for you. Or maybe um, there's a great place in ministry, you know, that would be a perfect fit for you. But I hope that that felt exhilarating and exciting and that you want to be a piece of that story. Hmm. Okay, last question. Here we go. What is one book you would recommend for someone who is going on Young Life staff? They could only read one. What would it be? The Bible. <laughs> Uh, Good answer. My fear is that uh, we're becoming illiterate when it comes to uh, the Word of God. And um, my greatest conversations with my friends on Young Life staff is when we are laughing to ourselves about something that we were challenged by or read that was funny that comes from Scripture, not just from Tim Keller or C.S. Lewis. Um, And so my hope is that you have hidden the word of God in your heart and that that is the firm foundation that you are standing on, that it feels like there are nights when you want to just go to bed clinging on to the word of God. I've had times in my life where I have felt so overwhelmed that literally I've slept with my Bible because it just caused me to feel like I was in God's refuge that I was clinging on to my rock. And my fear is that um, we've gotten really good at a few Jesus stories from the New Testament, but we don't know the full arc. We don't know the full picture. And so here is practically, is I would begin doing the Bible in a year plan just to get it the full breadth of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that is, You're not going to be able to intensely study every book of the Bible in a year, but just build up some confidence in your reading and do a Bible in the year plan. Find some people to hold you accountable to it. Maybe you thread journal that or something. And then start breaking down books of the Bible by doing some Bible studies. Maybe there's a workbook you could do. Maybe you could take a class at your church. Maybe there's a Tim Keller study. Maybe there is a Beth Moore study. Maybe there is a whoever of the day has great theology and is doing, you know, um, a, a book of the Bible. I'm doing Galatians for You right now by Tim Keller. I'm loving it. So good. Uh, Freedom in Christ talking about um, false teaching, this wanting to live by the law because it's safe and we think that we can save ourselves in that way. Um, And so before you go and pick up any other book by any Christian author, and there's so many great books out there and there's so many great leadership books and there's so many great podcasts you can listen to, much like the one you're listening Mm. to now. Please put a rate below five star, please. It'd be great (laughs) But uh, read your Bible and uh, read it for the rest of your life. That would be a great help. Yeah, right. I had a, a good 
he's kind of mentoring, discipling, maybe last year a guy named Philip and he worked for Navigators. And I asked him, I was like, hey, what do you do for your, like what does your quiet time look like? I'm always just curious. And uh, like a typical Navigators, he quoted me scripture and he went to, I think it was Ephesians 2.20 when he talked about, well, you know, when Paul talks about the law and the prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, and he goes, I just simply read two pages in the Old Testament, one chapter in the Gospels, and a quarter page in the New Testament every day. And he goes, when you do that in a year, you'll roughly read through the Old Testament once, the Gospels four times, and the New Testament once. And he goes, that way you're always looking in the Old Testament with the lens of who Jesus is. Because how many times, I, you know, you start in Genesis and you're like, I'm going to make it. And you go to numbers, you're like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and so, and even like you're saying, like, I think it was Charles Spurgeon in one of his daily mercies, something he's reading, or he wrote a devotional. And at the very beginning, he says, hey, let this be complementary to Scripture. Do not let this be a substitute. Like, this isn't supposed to be a substitute for the Word of God. You know, far be it for me to have any wisdom apart from that. And how good it is to be, hey, reading scripture, let these devos, these things be an add-on, but never let it be a substitute for scripture. I love that you said that. I think that we can fall into the temptation of just buying a devotional book that has one verse at the very mm. top that's actually only three words out of the whole verse and in a very loose translation. And then about three paragraphs from a really thoughtful author. Mm -hmm. And who knows, I might write one of those books someday. <laughs> but um, I hope that that's more of like a pep talk. You know, maybe it's something you read before bed. Mm -hmm. But my hope is that you are on your knees praying and not literally on your knees, but maybe that works for you. But I hope that your prayer life is just this anthem of total dependence on the Lord, confessing, thanking, begging, talking, shooting the breeze, talking to him while driving, talking to him while in the shower, taking every thought captive before the Lord. Um, and then I hope that you just find yourself getting lost in scripture, or maybe you intended to only read one chapter, but you read three. And I hope that you read things in context, meaning get, get the whole chunk of it. Mm -hmm. Learn as much as you can about what was going on. You're going to love it and enjoy it. And then there will also be seasons where you're reading it just because you know you're supposed to, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just do it and persevere, and you will probably hit a rocky patch in your life, and all of a sudden it will come more alive. Probably in the good times, it'll just feel like, man, it's just a treat, <laughs> yeah. you know, but well, I have uh, an extra credit. Ooh, extra I've credit. I've got a freebie okay. for you. Yes. Um, I think that people who go on Young Life staff spend their summers a little bit differently than everybody else. And I'm talking about your summers in college. A lot of people think that if I'm gonna go on Young Life staff, I should do summer staff 50 times every session. I should be uh, you know, an intern at a Young Life camp. Um, what I would love to see on someone's you know, quote unquote resume is that they spent every summer in their area mm loving kids, that they worked so hard to get kids to Young Life Camp, they took them to camp, they came home with them, and they did life with them. And so maybe they got a part-time job working at Chili's, or in my Great case, place. I worked at Bob Evans down on the, the farm. farm. Oh, yep. love it. 
Nothing on that <laughs> menu is under 1,500 calories, by the way. <laughs> so much butter. <laughs> so much. <laughs> and other things. Um, Cockroaches and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. So that you would just live life with your kids in the summer. They are so bored and they so desperately want to hang out with you. Um, and so I know that there's lots of other things you could do in the summer, but what if you stuck around your area? You know, find some committee person that you can live in, in their guest bedroom. Maybe your lease in the you know, place that you're living runs through the summer. Don't sublease it, live there in the <laughs> summer. Go to camp with kids, hang out there, hang out with your Young Life staff. Um, it is a great time where things get to be a little bit quieter. The rush of the year um, has gone by. Maybe you'll become uh, a better student of God's Word. Maybe you'll listen a little bit clearer. Maybe it's a little bit lonelier on campus because not everybody is around and you can, um, I think, really grow and mature in that time. And so grab a few friends and say, hey, let's plan for the summer after our sophomore year, the summer after our junior, summer after senior year, that we're just going to stick in our area. So if you're going to do summer stuff, maybe do it after your freshman year of college and um, love it. You may have just become a leader and maybe you haven't really dove into the relationships you have in your area yet. That is awesome. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing with us. Um, till next time. See you later. So you're saying there will be a next time? Oh, there will be a next time. There's always a next time. Car sessions. It's really great. Car sessions? Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to part two of my interview with Ashley Flowers. Hope it gave you a little picture into what the application and discerning process looks like for applying to Young Life staff here in the Carolinas region. Some of the upcoming episodes will have a message from Bill Page as he addresses the Carolina region staff and an interview I did with Glenda Rice, who is a teacher and a Young Life leader for over 30 years. She just retired from teaching and she's going to dive into what does it look like to be a Young Life leader and a teacher. Until next time, my name is Alex Holroyd and thanks for listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast.